Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word Good morning. Good to see everybody this morning, especially welcome to everyone online. We're glad that you're with us today. Don't forget online, you have that chat feature we hope you take advantage of. Uh, you also have the scripture passage and the outline, and it's uh, good to have you joining us this morning. Well, uh, uh, take your Bibles, turn over to Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Galatians 5, verse 1, we're going to be thinking about our graduates, but we're going to be looking at talking at uh, Galatians 5 and talking about freedom and freedom especially in Christ and what that means and how it may apply to our graduates as well. So turn over to Galatians chapter 5 beginning with verse 1. When I first started seminary a long time ago, uh, and I was uh, just starting my master's work there, and I remember I was walking uh, from the gym uh, past the library, and as I was going by, books came out of the top floor of the library and landed in some bushes there. And I thought, well, that seems a little bit odd. And uh, a few moments later, more books came out of the top and landed in some bushes there. And I thought, well, that's really odd. And then a few minutes later, somebody came out, started collecting the books, and then security surrounded them and took the person away. And I later found out that they were trying to get all the books they needed for that semester from the library by just throwing them out the window and then collecting them. You probably have had that person as your pastor at one time or another in your, in your careers as you've gone through there. I don't know. Uh, not sure what happened to that individual. But we are free, but we're not free to be stupid. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, I was looking up the main reasons people get kicked out of college. And the main reasons were what you would think. Uh, the main reasons getting kicked out of college are drinking and drugs, bad grades, vandalism, disorderly conduct, Violence and threatening was number five, which I found kind of kind of interesting as the main reasons getting kicked out of college. But then I looked up one re- other reasons people get cooked at, kicked out of college. One was this: uh, a freshman was sitting in their first class, and the professor was lecturing them on making a strong password and how everybody's passwords were too weak and they could get hacked. So this freshman went to their uh, professor's uh, website, hacked their professor's email, and sent it to everybody in the class and then got kicked out of school for doing so. Another student was kicked out because every paper they had ever written was just a direct copy from Wikipedia. And uh, I thought, isn't that what you do? I thought that's how you wrote papers. I I didn't know any other reason. Another one made a Facebook page called I Hate Our Security Guards with pictures of the security guards. And after it got a thousand people on campus liking it, they were kicked out of school. Another student was kicked out of school for being caught smoking marijuana three times in one week. The last time in the lobby of the school dorm. And uh, so you probably didn't want to stay around very long. And then the most interesting one was out of the University of Ohio. Uh, Two people were arrested uh, for stealing library books. They stole uh, library books uh, got sold them on eBay, made $15,000, and paid for their first year of college before they were found out and later arrested. So, uh, you know, that might be something you're thinking right now. If my kid could just get those library books, it seems to be the way of doing it uh, as you're there. So what is freedom? Freedom, according to the dictionary, is the power to act, speak, or think as one wants 
without hindrance or restraint. Freedom is the absence of domination or subjugation. Freedom is the ability to make one's own decisions. So if that is what freedom is, this morning we're going to be looking at freedom in Christ, what it means and what it doesn't mean, and how it applies to our life and to our students. So let's talk about freedom in Christ. We start over in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, and the first thing we see is this, we have been set free in Christ. Chapter 5, verse 1 says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So you have been set free by Christ so that you can live a life of freedom. Now, what does that mean, we've been set free by Christ? Christ is basically our liberator. Uh, anybody here see the movie Braveheart? Uh, you know, yeah, this whole section here, that, this is the Braveheart uh, section over here. Well, in Braveheart, there's a couple of times that, that uh, William Wallace, the Mel Gibson character, talks about freedom. Once before the first big battle, he says, they can take our lives, but they can't take our freedom. And then they, they go out into the battle. And then at the very end, when, when he's being executed, he yells, freedom! So he was the liberator of Scotland from the power and the domination of the British. So what is Jesus our liberator from? What has Jesus set us free from? Well, in Galatians 5, there's basically two things that, were talk, that are talked about that we're set free from by Jesus uh, in Galatians 5. And the first is this. We're free from our sins and the damage that it does to our lives. Uh, sin has, has made multiple damages in our life. We've been brought down. Uh, whether we realize it or not, every time we sin, every time we don't choose God's way, our life is made less. We hurt ourselves. We hurt other people. And in Christ, we are made free from the damage of sin in our lives, and we've been freed from that sin. And the way we've been freed from that sin is that Jesus took our sins on the cross. Jesus died on the cross, took our sins upon him that we might free, be free. The second thing Galatians 5 talks about that we're free from is that we're free from the law and its restraint uh, that makes us feel guilty and under God's judgment. So the judgment of God and the guilt and, and, and pressure of the law, that has all been removed. They've been nailed to the cross with Christ and we've been set free. So we have been set free in Christ. That brings us to the second thing that we see. There's going to be constant temptations for you to give up your freedom. There will be constant temptations for you to get off your freedom. Look at verse 1 again. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So he says, okay, Christ died on the cross to set you free. So don't go back to the very things that were burdening you before. Stand firm. Now, you're not going to be told to stand firm unless there's going to be something that's going to be assaulting you. Something is hitting you harder. You're not going to be told, plant your feet, get strong, stand firm. So something is hitting hard. And what is going to hit hard is you're free in Christ, but there will be constant temptations your entire life to give up that freedom. To say, okay, I'm just, I'm just passing it back on. I don't want that freedom anymore. Uh, we see it all the time with governments. Uh, when the Soviet Union fell and, and Russia, the, the new Russian Republic came about and it was a free democracy, uh, the, the second president of Russia that was elected was Vladimir Putin, who was the head of the KGB, the secret police. And he's now been the unquestioned ruler of, of Russia for the last 20 years. They just keep changing the Constitution so he can continue to serve over and over again because it turned out it was easier to have somebody rule over you than it was easier to be free. 
And so we are constantly being tempted by legalism. And what is legalism? Legalism is a sneaky thing. Legalism is going back uh, to what enslaved you in the first place. James Madison said this about freedom in our country. He said, There is more instances of the abridgment of the freedom of the people by gradual and silent encroachments of those in power than by violent and sudden usurpation. What Madison meant by that was this. People don't always lose their freedom because of one big, violent overthrow of the country. They lose their freedoms when they begin to give them away a little at a time. You give this freedom away so that you can have security. You give this freedom away so you can get more things. You get this freedom away so that you can feel better about, about your, your country or something like that. And pretty soon you've given all your freedoms away and you didn't even understand it. And that's exactly what happens with legalism. Legalism is a sneaky thing where we go back to the very thing that was burdening us in the first place. And so what we go back to in our faith is we go back to the law. Even though we have been set free from the law and the guilt and the judgment that the law brought upon us, we tend to go back to the law after we've been saved for this reason. Okay, I'm saved, I'm free, I've got grace. Now how do I live my life? What do I do? And so it's much easier to go back to what was restraining us in the first place, which was the law, because it gives us a framework. It gives us something to follow. And so we go back and we do that. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul uses the example of circumcision. Now, the Galatian church was a mix of Christian, of Gentile Christians and Jewish Christians. And the Jewish Christians were saying, well, in order to really be saved, you have to be circumcised. Circumcision was kind of the seal of the covenant. It was the mark of the faith uh, that when you became a good Jew, you had to be circumcised to come into the faith. And so what they were saying is, okay, in order to be saved, in order to be a Christian, you have to be circumcised. And so Paul said, this is going back to the legalism that you've been set free from. And he says certain things. In verse 2, he says this, Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. So the first thing he says is, okay, if you have to be circumcised to be saved, then Christ is of no value to you. Now, what's he mean by that? Why did Jesus go and die on the cross and take your sins upon him if you're, if you're only going to be saved by being circumcised? Go be circumcised, get it over with, you've done all you need to do. Christ was of no value to you. He really didn't matter. Look at verse 3, he goes on. He says, again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised, he's obligated to follow the entire law. So the second thing he says is this, okay, if you think you have to be circumcised in order to be saved and you're going to follow that law, then you had better follow every single law there is and you better never mess up because if you do, you're under the judgment of the law. You're back in that slavery again, he said. You're missing the whole point of what it means to be saved. Look down to verse 4. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ because you've fallen away by grace. Now, we're going to talk about this more in just a second. It's not that the law is bad, but the law can't make you right before God. The law just shows you what is right. The law shows you what is good. It doesn't make you good or right. The only way you're made good or right is through Jesus Christ dying on the cross for you. And so this is what he says. He says, look, if you have to be saved by being circumcised, then you've fallen away from grace. Grace no longer matters to you. What Christ did on the cross no longer matters at all. And then finally, verse 7, you're running a good race. Who cut in 
to keep you from obeying the truth. And he just uses the example of a runner in the race who's going fine and somebody cuts in front of him and they have to stop and let up their run. He said, who cut in front of you that you're no longer running the way that you should? So the point is you're free from the restrictions and the guilt and the judgment of the law, but many people go back to it thinking that that's the only way they know how to live, that's the only thing they know how to do, and they go back to what was burdening them in the first place. Plato in his book, The Cave, uh, describes it this way. He talks about people that have been shackled in a cave their entire life and have never been let out of the cave. And then suddenly the shackles are taken off and they walk out of the cave. And when they walk out of the cave, there's this big world out there and this bright sunlight. And they get so overwhelmed by the sunlight and the enormity of the world and their newfound freedom that they run back into the cave and put the shackles on once again. And that's what legalism is, going back to what once enslaved you because it's more comfortable, it's easier to follow, it's just the way that we like it better. And so we go back to legalism. But there's a second temptation that we have in giving up our freedom. And the second temptation is this. It's not legalism. It's not going back to what restrained us before. The second temptation is I can just do anything I want. I can live any way I want, do anything I want. I'm saved by grace that's my freedom to do absolutely anything that I want to do. So we are tempted to do whatever we want. Look down to verse 13. In verse 13, Paul says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather, love, rather, uh, rather to serve one another in love. So he says, okay, you're free. Don't use your freedom to do whatever you want. Don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. So we're called to be free, but that doesn't mean you can do anything you want or live any way that you want. Freedom is not a license for you to go out and have any kind of behavior you want to have because you're saved by grace. It's the same in our country. We're one of the freest countries that's ever been uh, in the history of the world, but there are restraints upon the freedom that we have. Uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes famously said, uh, we have freedom of speech, but you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. That's a restraint on your freedom that you have there. I'm free, but I can't walk across the street and, and uh, rob Walgreens there and think that there aren't uh, gonna be punishments to that if I do it. I'm not just free to go rob something. Freedom has its limits. And it's the same way in our faith. Being free in Christ doesn't mean you can just do anything that you want. Look at verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. So if I didn't mention yours, that's and the like, okay? So, so we still covered you uh, in there uh, when we said that. And then he says, I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So being free doesn't mean a license to just do whatever we want, to behave any way we want, to have any kind of lifestyle that we want. That's not what it means at all. When we think of high school graduates and, and we look at behavior in college, uh, it's easy to see that sometimes they think freedom becomes a license to do whatever you want. Did you know that 33% of students who start college their freshman year will drop out their freshman year so one in three students will drop out of school their freshman year 40 only 41 percent of people who start college will ever graduate only 41 percent 
And here's what will happen to most kids their freshman year. 53% will get drunk. 33% will neglect their studies to the extent that it will imperil their being able to stay in school. 70% will gain 10 pounds and 50% will gain 15 pounds. So you get fat in college. You know, this, must, this is college's fault, people. You know, that, that's, that's just kind of the way that it is. So that, then you, you look at all that and you say, okay, where's all that come from? Where a lot of it is freedom was seen as a license to just live and do anything that you wanted. But it isn't. Uh, there are restraints to freedom that we have. And, and so you look at these things and you say, okay, I'm not just free to live any way that I want. So if that's the case, then how are we supposed to live? What does freedom mean for the Christian? Well, we've been set free to love one another. Okay, we've been set free, set free from the sin that, that was damaging and destroying our life and bringing God's judgment. We've been set free from the law that brings God's guilt and God's judgment upon us. But what have we been set free for? Well, Paul gives us several things he talks about in chapter 5. First is in verse 6. In verse 6, he says, The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. Verses 13 through 15, he says, Serve one another humbly in love. He says, The law is fulfilled in loving your neighbor as you love yourself. So as Tina Turner might have said it, what's love got to do with it? Well, well love's the whole thing. Here's what it comes down to. Before you were set free, your life was a very selfish life built around you. Am I doing enough? Am I good enough? Uh, does God love me? Am I going to go to heaven? Am I living the right kind of life? And those were pressures that we had on us constantly. But then Jesus set us free from that. We no longer have to live a life burdened by guilt and shame and fighting our sins. Our sins have been forgiven and we've been set free. And now, now we have the power and the ability to live a life of good. So yes, you're free, but use your freedom for good and not for evil. That's what we need to be learning. That's what we need to be doing is living a life that glorifies God. He tells us what that looks like down in verse 22. He says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there is no law. The law is not a bad thing. The law is a good thing. The law shows you how you were supposed to live. The law is kind of like uh, God's instruction manual for life. But it doesn't make you right with God. Only Jesus on the cross makes you right with God. So use the law as the best way to live, but know that you're only made right with God through Jesus and you've been set free now to live a life of care and help and making a difference for other people in their lives as well. That's what it means to be free in Christ. You can use your freedom to live any way that you want in Christ. You can use your freedom to be selfish and only think about yourself. You can use your freedom uh, to live any way that you want. Or you can use your new freedom in Christ to be a loving, caring person that makes a difference in the world. There's going to be a lot of temptations and pressures upon us. Freedom is going to constantly be under assault. And we have to learn and grow and experience. And as chapter 5, verse 1 says, you're going to have to stand firm. You can't just let your freedom go away because it wasn't convenient at the time. You have to stand firm 
in Christ and live a life that makes a difference for other people now because you're okay. You're saved. You're going to heaven. God's with you. And now you can start centering on caring for other people instead of just caring about yourself. So a great example of that this week in an article I read, there's a, uh, a woman by the name of Emily Bindman uh, who was jogging with her dog Blue uh, last Saturday. And they were going down the street. She was wearing her athletic attire and, and they were jogging down the street and they passed a funeral home. And there's a girl sitting out on the steps of the funeral home. And when they came by, the girl says, can I pet your dog? And Emily said, well, well, sure, honey, you can pat him if your mom and dad say it's okay. And the little girl said, well, my dad is dead. He died a few days ago, and my mom's just inside crying, and so I don't think that she cares one way or the other. And Emily said while they were talking, the dog, Blue, just ran over to the little girl and jumped on her because dogs, you know, can kind of tell somebody's uh, not happy and begin to lick her. And the little girl, Raylan, began to hug the dog and then the door opened and somebody said, Raylan, it's time to come in. The funeral's starting and the door closed again. And Raylan looked at Emily and said, will you come inside with me? And she said, oh, honey, I'm not dressed to go inside. And besides, we've got the dog show. No, I want Blue to come too. And she said, I, I, here's a picture of them together right here. And she said, well, honey, I don't know that I should. And she goes, please. And she said, okay. And so they go into the funeral home and when they do, her mom sees her and she waves Emily and Blue up front, and Emily's going, no, no. <laughs> and she's going, no, come on up front. They come up front, and the mom immediately knew what was going on. And then when Raylan sat down, Blue sat down and put his head in her lap. Afterwards, the mom said it was perhaps the most encouraging thing that happened this entire weekend was meeting Emily and Blue. Emily could have done a lot of things. She was free at that moment. She could have said, look, I'm jogging, and I want to be bothered with you, little girl. She could have told the little girl, look, I'm not dressed to go into a funeral. She could have gone into the funeral and said, you know, I'm going to sit in the back here. I've got a dog and I'm sweating. I'm not going to go down to the front row with everybody staring at me. But instead, the thing, the thing she cared about the most was helping a little girl, and it made a difference. You've been set free in Christ. You can use your freedom in a lot of different ways. But God wants you to use your new freedom in him to make a difference in other people's lives. You're okay. You're saved. You're going to heaven. Your sins have been forgiven. Now use your freedom to love one another. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for this time together. I just pray, Lord, that we would look at our lives and say, say to ourselves that we need to be using our freedom to make a difference in this world. Help us to do that now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we come to this time of invitation, and the first thing that I would say during the invitation is for you to just look at your life and say, how am I being tempted right now to give up the freedom I have in Christ? Have I gone back to the things that originally chained me down? And I'm just trying to live a life again, feeling guilty and trying to be good when, when God's forgiven me of all of that. And if so, say, Lord, help me to, to come to you and to really accept your forgiveness and, and, to, and to take that guilt away. Maybe what you say is, Lord, I look at my life and I'm just doing anything I want right now and depending on you to forgive me. And I need to realize that freedom is not a license to do whatever I want. And you need to repent right now and say, Lord, help me to be free to do the right things. And then finally, if you're here today and Jesus is not in your life, know this. 
that God loves you, God forgives you, and he wants to set you free from what's burdening you right now. And what you need to do is accept him as your Lord and Savior. If you're watching online right now, hit that prayer tab. There'll be someone that will be there immediately to pray with you. If you're in person, when you leave, go to the Welcome Center. There'll be someone there to get your information, and someone will be contacting you from the church. But this is your time as we stand together and we sing. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.